Hello, everybody. Happy Thursday. It's November 3rd, 2022. My name is Dave Neal, and this is Bachelor Rush Hour. Hope everyone had a good day at work today, or whatever it is you have going on. I've got a couple stories that I made on the old YouTube channel. I'm going to cut the audio together, play it for you right here. A couple stories about Kelly Flanagan, her conversation on the Trading Secrets podcast. I'm also going to share some information about Dale and Claire. Dale was asked about Claire and her engagement. We'll play what he actually had to say about that. And also some more information regarding Gabby Wendy and the publicists and PR departments who are being told, don't ask any more questions about The Bachelorette on her Dancing with the Stars episode. So we'll get into all of that right here on Bachelor Rush Hour. Stick around. Make sure to hit the like button, rate, and review. And don't forget to subscribe, follow, depending on which podcast app you're listening to. Hello to Google Podcasts out there. We are now on Google Podcasts. Pretty much everywhere you need to be to listen to podcasts, you can find us. And I appreciate all the support in our first week of daily Rush Hour content. All right, let's jump right into the first clip I'm going to share with you guys. I made a video about this, but I'm only going to share the specific interview that Dale Moss did. This is Dale Moss and what he had to say about Claire's new relationship. It's kind of telling. Have a listen. And obviously, Claire uh, just got engaged this week. Um, how happy are you to see her so happy? Yeah, I mean, I, I you know, I don't, I don't get too, too much into other people's relationships. I'm in a very happy. Uh, strong relationship right now and that's my focus but I will say with anyone you know we all deserve to find love and um, you know that's that's one of the best things in the world so everyone's deserving of that you're a great guy you deserve it all right Dale deserves to find love he's in a happy and strong relationship as well as Claire is and in other news what else is going on I made a video, pretty long one too. Um, I probably am only going to share about half of that with you now about the influencer income that exists within Bachelor Nation and sort of the shaming that goes on when we talk about influencers making money versus those that make it a traditional way. Surely you'll feel one way or another about that, but I'm going to play that next and also stick around for the very end of this uh, podcast today. I'm going to share my uh, out my uh, analytics from October 2022, this past month, I'm going to share, open up the old vault for you guys and share the analytics regarding how much money my channels made, uh, both uh, Bachelor and non-Bachelor content, and also how much the Patreon made. So uh, because of salary transparency and normalizing this type of conversation, I thought it'd be a nice little perk to share that with you guys. So do me a favor, stick around for the end for that conversation. But in the meantime, here Here's my video that I made earlier today about Kelly Flanagan and influencer culture. We've got Kelly Flanagan. Let's play a couple clips from her discussing her influencer lifestyle. And then we'll uh, we'll, uh, share some other Instagram stories from Tia because she's been opening up about what she's been doing with her influencer life. Every single penny that I have made through social media, I've invested in it. Wow. I invested every single penny that I've made. Like, I don't even own a Chanel bag. Can I go buy a $5,000 bag? Absolutely. But I would rather invest that mm-hmm. than ever put it towards a bag. I don't know. It just would bother me to, like, waste money like that. 
every now of course you know that maybe maybe she invests her influencer money but spends the money she's made as a lawyer and you know whatever who really knows we know um you know like one of the best tight ends of all time rob gronkowski says he's never spent his nfl game day checks he because he's had such a lucrative career um as a spokesperson uh in 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 his world of uh, sports uh, you know influencing is really what he is he's an influencer who who's very tall and he can catch touchdown passes so great when it works being you know not always the case here's another clip from kelly on jason tartik's podcast discussing uh the legal ramifications of of being an influencer you're peddling products and, and there are new laws that are coming out to prevent people from you know getting duped we know kim kardashian was just sued for a pump and dump uh, uh scheme uh, that's not a, um, d- a dirty reference pump and dump refers to promoting a product and then selling it off so like you kind of pump it up to a certain value and then you sell your share you make a bunch of money and then everyone's left with a short uh, end of the stick that was on my season she contacted me she was getting sued one of those loophole giveaways where oh tag you know six of your girlfriends follow them and we'll give you a bag there was this guy who followed all of those six girls and it started a massive fight with him and his girlfriend because he just followed essentially six new hot chicks oh my god and i guess they broke up they had issues he was trying to sue her for nominal damages aka six dollars i think it was stop this. yeah for like defamation or something crazy and she was like what is this and i looked at the case and I started dying laughing. I was like, listen, you don't have like that much to worry about. This guy just seems a little bit crazy. So one of the girls that was right, on- so one so one of the girls that was on Pilot Pete's season, which which was Kelly Flanagan's, got sued for six dollars. And when we look at the alumni that were on Pilot Pete's season, it really might have been the greatest season of all time with regard to the people that have come out of it. Natasha Parker, McKenna, Hannah Brown, Hannah Ann Sluss, Victoria Fuller, Madison Pruitt, uh, Tammy. These are like all star characters from uh, Bachelor lore. Uh, we will have another article on uh, Hannah Ann Sluss later today as she's doing long distance with her NFL boyfriend who got traded to a new team. So these conversations are very interesting. We live in the wild, wild west of of the influencer world where there have been tricks that people have used to boost their following. So what she was mentioning here is the um, this, these loop giveaways. It's it's not it's not good. They, they've, they've banned them, I'm pretty sure, uh, because it's like, I'll give you this if you follow these and then you go to the next person. You got to follow them. It, it turns into this whole human centipede of influence influencer garbage um but you know people are people will do anything to get ahead because the alternatives are not that good now there's a lot of shaming with the influencer world we'll get into that in a second tia posted this calendar if you're listening on the podcast i'll try to describe it as best as possible it's a visual calendar of her month of um deliverables that she has products that are due podcast episodes she has to do you know different different things going on someone asked her how many partnerships do you typically have at once on average she said i don't know exact numbers but i like to be booked a few months in advance i try to keep it at two to three a week but my november is packed full for holiday deals and because i'll be taking a break when baby is born and that scares me no actual maternity leave in this job so because she said no actual maternity leave in this job that pissed a lot of people off and like i said before we live in a capitalistic hellscape i played the lottery yesterday for 1.2 billion dollars i didn't win if i did i wouldn't be making this video you would never hear from me again Who's Dave Neal? I don't know. I thought I saw him on a yacht somewhere, okay? But um, it's sad that more people pay for lottery tickets than they do for healthcare and other things because we live in a we live in a world in this late stage capitalistic world where we're not provided for and the only way out is a lottery.
for a lot of people out there. It's just the Hunger Games, folks. Now, now, guys, people in my DMs uh, will agree with me, and then they'll disagree with me. It's a whole wide you know, span of people. But I can't tell you, when I talk about the rich not getting taxed enough, I can't tell you how many people will send me private messages disagreeing, and it's probably people in the middle class that defend billionaires. It blows my mind how someone who makes $70,000 or $140,000, whatever it is, middle to lower middle class, not six figures isn't lower middle class, but in today's world, it ain't as much as it used to be, right? These types of people defending those that make exorbitant amounts of money. Now, when we talk about marginal tax increases, uh, it's not the idea of redistributing all the wealth. Look at it this way. If we're all on a race to the 100-yard line, the 100-yard line being financial independence, we, we can, uh, you know, we can, we can uh, get health care if we break a leg, all these basic necessities can be met. met. If that's the 100-yard line and the lower middle class is starting at scratch at the zero-yard line, then the upper class is starting at the 50-yard line. A marginal tax means if you make over, say, $2 million a year. After that, maybe you get taxed at 50%. That's like saying, all right, no one needs more than $2 million dollars a year. So rather than pay 22% tax, you're going to now pay 50%. So what that does is the ultra wealthy, again, we're not talking about you making 100 or 75,000, the ultra wealthy, rather than starting at the 50 yard line, maybe now they get taxed a little bit more and they start at the 48 yard line. And now the poor people, rather than starting at the zero yard line, maybe are now starting at the one yard line or the two yard line. So it's not about a complete redistribution of wealth, socialism. It's about having a fair shot for everybody. So for those that are out there that think, oh my gosh, it's crazy how much some of these influencers are making, just realize it's nothing compared to some actual wealth that's out there. It's nothing. So you're barking up the wrong tree if you don't like the late stage capitalistic world, which is everybody for themselves. And I talk about this um, you know, when I talk about my finances, the reason I haven't shared or don't share is because it's not good for my family. It's not good for the people that want to use that against me because they're in a bad spot. Well, guess what? I also was in a bad spot. This isn't one of those pull yourself up by the bootstraps. It's the problem is late stage capitalism. And what I mean by that is the automation. Remember, I used to take someone 40 hours a week to do a job. Now, how many people that are out there truly you're watching my channel, you're listening to my podcast, you're doing all these things because you work some weird nine to five where you have to be at work, but you're not really doing that much. Didn't the pandemic prove that most people can do their job in 12 hours a month, right? So uh, these conversations are re reaching a threshold where people are going to be talking more about what's really important in life. And you see the meme going around that it's wild that they've been able to convince us that working 50 years, eight hours a day, five days a week, is a good thing. That's the American dream. I call bullshit on that. I call complete bullshit. So for Tia to share, and now, now don't get me wrong, Tia, when she was on The Bachelor during the height of Instagram, so people don't get these numbers like she has. Instagram's a dying medium, uh, but but she makes a ton of money here. But because she says no actual maternity leave, people use that against her as if she's the problem. So here are some comments that people left. Um, I'll try to get through them kind of quick here, here on Tia's calendar. All these people defending influencers. No way she's working 25 hours a week. And if she's making probably 100000 a month, if not more, I think she'll be okay. And just to be promoting nonstop consumerism and promoting a fake lifestyle. I'm so over these influencers having even the slightest complaint while living in a multi-million dollar house and being
being able to afford luxuries most people would never, ever dream of. I worked in a nonprofit and made literally pennies and didn't even get a single day of paid time off to have kids. All right, so this seems to be more of a problem with you. This is a problem with um, with um, with the lifestyle of um, sort of like working for uh, an industry that doesn't pay well, which I totally understand. I totally understand. I'm not here to say an influencer job is as hard as 95% of the fields out there, but I will say one post for them is not as easy as one post for us. There's still work involved when it comes to negotiating, editing, and marketing. I think a lot of people are underestimating it is work. Maybe not as much as most careers, and especially not considering how much money they make for what the job is, but it's also not just taking a selfie and writing a caption either. I say this as a former teacher who made nearly nothing for a ton of work. I think people are being too hard on her. Yeah, no, absolutely. So the work that comes in with influencing, it's, it's negotiating your pay, invoices, going back and forth. For every job that they land, there's all the jobs that they're negotiating that they don't land. So for people that go, oh my gosh, her calendar doesn't look too busy at all. It's like an iceberg, folks. There's a lot that you don't see that goes into it. Not to mention whatever anxieties or fears or daily toll it takes trying to be perfect every day. Uh, again, I, I don't think too many people who are not in this position can empathize with it, um, but I don't do many sponsorships on my page. I actually roll my eyes when sponsors reach out because I'm not at the level where it pays as much as the time and effort it takes to put into it. So I totally get the knee, uh, knee jerk eye rolling, but it actually does take a lot to create content and post daily. My partner's job is mostly dependent on selling things through Instagram. The amount of time it takes for him to photograph, create, copy, research, post, strategize, brand, etc. can be a bit exhausting. He's in a totally different industry though and doesn't make money just from posting and I'm not sure how much these influencers are involved in other aspects of it. It really comes down to this. Be, they, uh, influencers like Tia do make a lot of money, but a lot don't. And so are we upset that they make a lot of money or that they're working a lot of hours? Because even if you make a lot of money, you still have a human body and you still get tired and exhausted and all the other, you still feel those other feelings. Someone said, wow, I really don't understand these comments defending a reality TV star turned influencer. I'm not here to be mad at the government. I do that all my own free time anyways. I am here to criticize an influencer who appears to be garnering sympathy for not having paid maternity leave, when in reality, most of her followers who support her income also do not have paid maternity leave. Again, so this is someone who's upset at the system and it's not really her fault. It's just a super privileged statement and people are allowed to criticize her for posting it. Unless the government is reading Bachelor subreddit, our annoyance is appropriately placed on the subreddit. We are here to discuss Bachelor-related topics, not our government. I disagree with that. I think um, the government, politics, lifestyle, and um, social issues all intertwine into the conversation. I think that's why our channel does what it does. Hustle culture is dumb as flip, and people who brag about working 12 hours a day seem brainwashed by the capitalistic hellscape we're in. I, this sounds like I wrote this. I feel like I'm getting more radical as I get older because I know too many people compromising mental health for their demanding jobs. Don't work too hard. Get paid enjoy life. Yeah, that's kind of the world we're starting to live in where people are saying, what's it worth to everyone out there? There's a reason why a lot of lawyers uh, get out of it quickly or people realize they'd rather run their own Etsy account than maybe pursue whatever high degree that they had because working in certain cultures is just the juice is not always worth the squeeze. Well, I would love to know your thoughts on everything we just talked about there. Follow me on Instagram at dneals. You can message me there. If you want to be part of the behind-the-scenes Patreon community, you can go to patreon.com slash daveneal, and that community gets you extra bonus live streams where I share a lot of the behind-the-scenes. All right, without further ado, yesterday I was on the Us Weekly Here for the, Wrong, Here for the Right Reasons podcast with Sarah Heron, and here's a clip from our conversation discussing Gabby and her relationship, or lack thereof, with Eric. 
Eric. I thought it was very interesting the way Alex on Bachelor in Paradise described the lack of success that goes down with these couples. Of course, this is a good lead into the potential news that Gabby and Eric might not uh, have made it past the uh, the first few weeks of their uh, post-bachelorette bliss. Have a listen to what this Alex is speaking said. only about two of these couples we stay together. So if I was a gambling man, I would say they're not a good match. So he said. So he said, for all the Bachelor in Paradise couples, he said statistically only two of them are going to stay together. Actually, it's probably worse than that over time. Last year there was like what two or three engagements. We know Riley didn't make it too far. We had a couple make it to the altar, but uh, yeah, statistically not a good look, right? So Sarah Heron uh, from Us Weekly made a uh, a article here. Gabby Windy hints at taking space from Eric Schwer after ditching her engagement ring. Uh, What I love about Sarah is that she has a behind-the-scenes look at how the media is run that works with the Bachelor producers. Because the media needs them, they need the media. It's kind of like a give and take. Sarah, working at Us Weekly, gets to interview a lot of the contestants. And then, of course, we get to watch her interview the contestants. As far as you guys know, I've asked to interview Clayton Eckert about his mental health. I've asked to interview Michael A. about uh, recovering from losing his loved one. I've asked to have all these interviews, and I've been not just denied, but they haven't even responded to me. So I'm just like the jilted uh, lover who never got a text back from the Bachelor of producers. So I'm at that part uh, in the in the relationship where the bridges are burned. I think they're doing a terrible job and um, I don't have to worry about keeping relationships with them. But Sarah does. So we got into a lot of that in our conversation we had yesterday on Sarah's podcast here for the right reasons. I have to tell you, I think she does a fabulous job uh, talking and interviewing these contestants and maintaining these relationships. I just couldn't do it. She's so good at what she does. So within this conversation, she gives us a behind-the-scenes look at what it's like to ask these questions, how the press or the, the PR people are usually near them and will tell them what to answer, what not to answer. So before I play this clip from my my, uh, my uh, when she interviewed me yesterday on Here for the Right Reasons podcast, let's just have a quick listen to what Gabby actually said before we discuss it. Your fiancé. Are you guys still together? We're still together. How's everything going? Yeah, I think um, life is just really busy for the both of us right now. So I understand their concern, but we're just kind of, you know, going forward with each of our individual interests and supporting each other from afar. Which sounds like a nice pageantry answer here, but of course, the the, the reading between the lines here, I mean, it doesn't take a Bachelor Nation uh, uh, genius to understand. Yikes! You know, he hasn't been there for the last three weeks, this and that. So here's what Sarah had to say in our conversation. Go check out the whole podcast interview. I had a fantastic chat with her. We covered everything. I mean, we really covered everything. But here's just a quick clip uh, from what we had to say about Eric and Gabby and um, and how these interviews go down. Definitely not. And I did want to touch on the Gabby and Eric of it all, because I'm sure you saw the clip from her Dancing with the Stars Good audio. interview in which she was asked by Fox News, which is interesting. So normally the Dancing with the Stars junkets, I've been on them. You're usually in like a big room with a bunch of outlets on Zoom. So it's rare to be individually like an outlet gets a chance to ask a question. So like Us Weekly will get it'll be like four minutes and Us Weekly will get one question. E! News will get a question. Page Six will get a question. And it's kind of it's quick and everyone kind of shares the footage. But like if you ask the question, you can mark it exclusive kind of thing. But with this, she was holding the 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 Fox News microphone 
And it looked like she was kind of, they were asking her specifically, no one really picked up on this right away. So I thought that was interesting one, but they asked her straight up, are you still together? Cause she hasn't been wearing the ring. By the way, she says no one picked up on this, which was how, which I think, I think what Sarah was, was implying is that how did they let this get out? This wasn't shot lot. This was, this wasn't aired live. So how, if, if this, like, how did they just let this fly? It was a terrible answer. And instead of just saying yes, she gave this kind of weird, which it's very Gabby, I feel like, to not to not want to lie, but also then to kind of put herself in like a talking in circle situation. And she is, I think, a very genuine human. But she said, life is just really busy for both of us right now. So I understand their concern, but we're just kind of, you know, going forward with our individual interests and supporting each other from afar. So I think the big thing there is that the question was, are you still together? And there is no yes in that. Um, but I also know that she was asked that and then other press was told no questions about The Bachelor. So there was kind of some damage control being done there, um, from what I understand. So, yeah, that's the part that's interesting, that she was told, the press was told, no further questions about The Bachelor. Now, of course, this, this you would think makes makes perfect sense, but this one got snuck by, you know? You, this isn't, uh, you know, this isn't Barbara Walters here in 2020. It's like, all right, let's say, it's like, it's like not, it's like, uh, it's it's a step above TMZ, but it like like she was saying, these press junkets, a lot of people asking a lot of questions, publicists might have gone to get a cup of coffee, she comes back and it's like, what did you say? And you know, here we go. And- so what what was your take of this this comment? Oh yeah, I mean, if that was a pre-recorded podcast, the publicist comes in and says, "Cut that out. Cut that yeah. out." That's that's just a and, and I don't even think it was live TV, right? But it was live enough that It's it, crazy. It, Those Dancing with the Stars post-show interviews are like a mad dash. So there's not who knows if a publicist was even listening to that one cuz it's like there's oh, yeah. a thousand in a row. But yeah, you're and, right. And if the publicist is 5 feet behind, they don't pick up on it, but of course our trusty uh, bachelor audience is like, "Whoa." And again, like everything I'm the first to be like, oh, this is nothing because we had so many videos about uh, Zach and Tasha, and like mm. you can every single lead. There are going to be videos about are they broken up yet? Um, Rachel and Matt every single time so that you kind of you don't, you almost don't want to be the boy who cries wolf. But this is like, OK, this is something that like he hasn't been on the show in three weeks. We mm-hmm. know he's in town. We know he's got nothing better to do. He see they both seem like good people trying their best. I know that there's a segment of our audience that doesn't want to give them any grace whatsoever. Yeah. Um, but I look forward to hearing them both talk more candidly on podcasts about all of the sort of uh, different things that were thrown into the mix. Yeah, this is the problem, right? Just to cut myself off here, Dave, you're always interrupting. Well, does it count if I'm interrupting myself? So by, by the way, my audio is good. Sometimes, you know, the final uploaded audio is not as, it's a little tinny there. Not her fault, not mine, just the, the podcast hosting, uh, you know, a little tinny on my audio. Audio. Oh uh, boy. Uh, they call me Tinny Tim. <laughs> All right, folks. But um, I, sometimes I got to make myself laugh. It's a long week. So yeah, the, the, the show ends and Tino and Rachel's love story is over. But this is why people stick around because Gabby and Eric's love story is not over. We, we, I mean, and if it is, we haven't gotten those final interviews. So um, without putting any extra pressure on them by DMing them or do, doing whatever, we're just like um, on the park bench watching a, a watching some drama go down across the street, right? We're like, oh, this doesn't involve us, but this is interesting. And you know, look, they'll both be fine. I know there was um, a post about uh, Eric that I'm not going to share because it was a little it was a little nutty. But someone had found all the recent accounts that Eric had followed. And it was like 20 different 
accounts that work heavily with influencers. It was like, you know, the green tea companies, all the different influencer companies. So it was a thought that maybe he's starting to follow all these influencer accounts because he needs to start making money as in maybe he's off on his own doing his own thing. It's a very big leap. And I have no problem with people wanting to make their money however they want to make it. Not, not a problem whatsoever. So I don't even, that's why I'm not reporting on that story so much. It's just commenting on people are looking into the relationship looking for evidence that it is over the season i mean his dad just died yeah and she and she was a what intensive care nurse so she's dealt with end of life and like what a what a beautiful story that she got to meet his father and they had such there's such a such a beautiful story there that if they can't make it work because she's on a dancing show obviously it would be more than that but you do only have so many hours in the day and it could be a scenario where like the spark just didn't get the proper fuel to to go to that next level and all right well that's it you can go listen to the whole 50 minute interview where we cover all of the topics there all right we've made it to the end and you know me i'm always one one to talk about the behind the scenes of working for yourself building equity not renting out your time and a lot of people have always asked the questions about how much youtube can pay and this past month was pretty good october 2022 uh boy by tell you what i had some bills to pay with my wedding it was my wedding was october 15th and i i worked really hard the weeks leading up to the wedding i think i took the whole month off from stand-up comedy and i worked really hard to make a bunch of content so while i was away at the wedding you guys would have bonus uh interviews and uh, other uh, content to uh, uh, take part in while I was away. I didn't want the algorithm to stop promoting the channel and all of that. So without further ado, the Bachelor channel, my main Bachelor channel in October made, um, let's see here, $14,819.19. And the Dave Neal Show, my non-Bachelor channel, which really hasn't been making much money. I only make a couple videos a month and made $200. So my combined YouTube income was about $15,000. And of course, that's the business's income. That's not exactly what I get paid. Uh, I'm an employee of the Dave Neal Enterprise. I'm an employee of my S Corp. And, uh, you know, I pay myself a certain amount and then, you know, the business handles the rest, what I'm investing in and, you know, uh, trying to, you know, buy new uh, equipment and all the subscriptions and, you know, all the little things that go into running your own shop. Um, We had 895 new subscribers in October, which isn't that high. Uh, Earlier in the year, um, like in March, we had 2,500 new subscribers. In September, we had 17. So the fact that we were able to make about $15,000 without a lot of new subscribers is a pretty sort of nice thing. It means everyone who is subscribed has been super loyal and listening. And how YouTubers are paid depends on how much money advertisers are spending on ads. And that fluctuates. This year is actually down about 20% from last year. And uh, you, you, I'm basically paid per view, uh, depending on how long people watch. And there's a, you know, kind of a direct formula to it. But uh, my uh, amount I'm paid per view, if I look back in October, I made $9.54 per thousand views, $9.54 per thousand views. So um, in, uh, let's see here, in October, with um, 1.5 million views, that came out to 14.8 thousand. So just under $10 per thousand views. There's been months where that number's closer to 12. 
um, on, on a better month, this might have been a $17,000 month for the same amount of work or a worse month, maybe a uh, $12,000. So it fluctuates. Um, as far as Patreon goes, uh, the Patreon is a private membership-only community. And I had somebody ask me today, they said, Dave, if you start sharing your revenue amount, will people be less likely to join your Patreon? And the way I look at it, uh, Law of Divine Compensation by Marianne Williamson, she really preaches just like sharing your abundance uh, being honest with what's going on. And with the Patreon, I'm not looking for any charity. If people want to invest in me and help um, find new ways to donate to me and, and they have the money and wherewithal to do so, who am I to tell them not to? So yeah, I think everyone on my Patreon knows that the channel is doing well. Um, and the, uh, did I not say it yet? The Patreon's at about $2,000 a month. It can go between $1,700, $1,800, $2,200, but it's around $2,000 a month, which is a pretty good uh, added revenue stream. The podcast that you're listening to uh, has been uh, live. I think this is our fourth episode, and it's at around $40. So it's making anywhere from $10 to $20 per episode. It's, it's, it's on an upward climb. I look forward to sharing more of that information with you guys, if you guys would let me. Leave a comment, though. I'd love to know your thoughts. If this is something you don't want to hear about, by all means, we can talk about other things. But I do want to I do want to um, bring a little bit of salary transparency to the audience that might be inspired to start creating your own content. I always tell people um, on the on the internet, whether it's TikTok or YouTube or Instagram or really wherever we share videos or other content, um, it comes down to information and or entertainment. If you can provide people a lot of information, you could do very well online. If you could provide them entertainment, you could do very well online. If you could somehow provide them both, that's a very good thing too. I try my best to provide you all with entertainment while also giving you some information. Yeah, I know the information's not, uh, you know, we're not solving Middle East crisis and we're not, you know, uh, you know, uh, doing too, too many things here, but it's kind of a camaraderie that we have, a conversation between you and I. I do most of the talking. You guys do most of the listening, although I'm sure some of you guys talk back to me. I sure know in my DMs I get that. But the idea being that um, it's kind of... Um, you know, everything's got value, folks. Everything's got value. So I do appreciate everyone who's listened. You guys have helped change my life in a good direction. And I'm trying to build upon that. Uh, you know, I've got 10 or 15 years of uh, working in the comedy world and in other uh, avenues that haven't exactly been a uh, high paying. And uh, I'm at that point now where it's uh, time to start the family and time to really uh, try to take things to the next level. So I want to share some of that with you guys. If any of you want to hear me on other podcasts and go farther in depth, by all means, I'd love to do that. Um, and in order to do that, the best way would be for you to recommend me to other podcasts. If you want to hear me on Jason Tartik's Trading Secrets, send them a DM and say, get Dave Neal on. If you want to hear me on Off the Vine or any of those other podcasts, send them a DM, get Dave Neal on. We'd love to keep on expanding this podcast to new and bigger places. And I appreciate everyone for letting me uh, kind of talk to you guys today. Uh, again, Instagram, dneals, D-N-E-A-L-Z, if you guys want to leave a comment over there. And otherwise, we will talk to you all later. See you tomorrow. Have a good drive home, everybody.